Welcome to the Knowledge Entrepreneurs Show, where we celebrate the innovators driving change in the education industry. At Edison OS, we've worked with over 500 knowledge entrepreneurs to turn their edtech ideas into profitable businesses. In today's episode of the Knowledge Entrepreneurs Show, we have Kushbu Vaidya, a passionate advocate for education, learning, and inspiring individuals, particularly students. Driven by a purpose and leadership, Kushbu Vaidya has launched two ventures that embody her vision. Voting Pass for Success is the first one, recognized as a nominee for the prestigious Indian EdTech Awards 2021. This extraordinary platform provides personalized one-to-one industry expert mentoring to undergraduate STEM students. EdCaliber, the second one, is an innovative math practicing application, gamified to engage and empower high school students while connecting mathematical concepts to real-world applications. Hi, Kushbu. Good afternoon Hi. to you. Uh, thank you so much uh, for, uh, you know, being a part uh, of the Knowledge Entrepreneur Show podcast. Thank you so much for taking time out, uh, you know, to be a part of this. No, I'm really happy to be a part of this. Uh, when I heard about this initiative, uh, I was like, okay, finally, there's something about the education industry, the tech industry. And uh, seeing so many entrepreneurs out there who are a part of this podcast is amazing to see other like-minded individuals in the same industry. So thank you for inviting me here. It is my pleasure. Uh, it's our pleasure to have you on the show. So, uh, Kushbu, let's get started. My first question is usually it starts off, you know, with uh, if you can walk us through your journey. I know that, you know, you are involved in two projects at the same time. One is the Ed Caliber and another thing is Boarding Pass for All. Is that correct? Yes, Boarding Pass for All. Correct. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure, you know, uh, both are interlinked. But... Um, if you can walk us through your journey, you know, what led you to uh, getting into education and uh, finally having started at Caliber? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just to start with, it never started as, okay, I want to be an entrepreneur. It never, it didn't right. start as that. Like entrepreneurship was like far away from what I had in mind about my career or future. Uh, but just, it just, things happen and I uh, I took opportunity whenever it came for things that I had passion for and eventually I got here. So uh, basically when I graduated, I did my bachelor's in uh, electronics and communication engineering from Gujarat and after that I got a chance to teach digital signal processing in SVNIT Surat. So uh, during that time when I was teaching, I, I, I had that in me, like, you know, this is, this is interesting, like finding different ways to make sure that the student understands what the concept is. And uh, somehow from the beginning, I was always, I, I didn't know consciously, but subconsciously through my teaching, I was always trying to make sure that students understand the real world part of it, like why they are studying. So yeah. uh, that was there, but uh, just like any other bachelor in India, I also wanted to do masters. Everybody was doing masters, going abroad for their masters. I was like, okay, I will also go. Uh, so uh, that time I didn't have like a particular goal or such, like just like any other person, I was just following what others around me did. So I uh, pursued my masters in engineering from University of Waterloo in Canada. And uh, I think that's where I got to see different perspectives of teaching and learning. Um, especially just uh, when I'm giving exam here, it's it's more of, uh, oh, you can bring a cheat sheet of formulas and the questions are not about like, okay, what is the formula of this? The question is about how will you use this formula in this situation? 
right so that uh, i mean like i said that practical part was somewhere there and this just gave it a like more platform to emerge out and i, I felt like th- this makes sense like why why was i cramming formulas back there right i can easily google it now so uh right so what i thought was uh, i wanted to share that perspective with students in india and uh, i i wanted to share like you know how i struggled through my engineering years i just wanted to share so that the current students don't struggle that way and they have a perspective early on so that they could start their journey towards practical application early as well so right. uh, that's what inspired me to start a platform called boarding pass for success where uh, i conducted seminars and webinars for engineering students especially in india uh and i invited uh speakers who were different industry professionals and researchers in a stem field uh so i i wanted to i and also those individuals were from um, mit stanford google i what i wanted to show students was okay they are they are working in google or amazon but it's not how it, how they started their journey like we we all start the same way it's it's never like oh they are working in these companies so they are like different people no they they have the same journey as us and i wanted to remove that uh, imposter syndrome right. <laughs> from the students yeah. right it's it's i mean i still have it sometimes i just i'm aware of it now but in, initially we are not aware of it right so that's what i wanted to show to the students that uh, how they got there how was their journey not just right. see wh- where they are right now but how they got there and right. that can inspire them to work on some similar projects it can inspire them to like work on things that matters most in the industry uh, rather right. than just focusing on marks because we all know it i mean it's important but not as important in the end so right. uh, that's what i started with and uh, uh, again i didn't know it was an entrepreneurial journey i was just creating an education i mean uh, awareness platform through that so i i went to india as well i used to spend uh, 3 months every year in india uh, so uh, just a quick note before that i quit my job because i felt like i wanted to pursue this i didn't know exactly what when i was working here in canada but uh, i felt like if i don't uh, pursue this now i i might repent in the future yeah. and uh, it's good because i haven't looked back uh, it was difficult to quit my job but i knew i wanted to do something in education field to help students out so that's why i came to india and spent 3 months here figuring out what's going on and that's where i conducted these seminars as well on uh, inspiring engineering innovation conducting seminars on robotics just bringing awareness on these platforms so um yeah i i conducted the seminar in one university another university approached me i gave a, a, a seminar there and that's how we were able to give seminars uh, in over 25 institutes in uh, uh, gujarat maharashtra and there were webinars uh, in uh, tamil nadu as well that we conducted so uh, that's when i created this uh, uh, partnership of like 25 universities where we used to regularly conduct monthly webinars even when i was back in canada we used to conduct these webinars and right now on boarding pass for success we have more than 60 plus career guidance uh, interviews of these professionals and anyone uh, could just have like a free login and can watch those videos it's a free platform for all the students out there wow um, now while i was doing uh, boarding pass for success i i i attended an entrepreneurship uh, 
uh, seminar in India while I was there. One of my friends who, who was a uh, founder um, shared that, uh, you know what, just, just come and attend this seminar. You might like it. And I think that's when that I realized, oh, I am on entrepreneur journey, but uh, I just didn't know it. So uh, that's when I started to think more from the perspective of, okay, I've created this platform, but how do I sell these videos? Like the, the business part of it was in the picture because if I am pursuing this, it has to be revenue based as well. Or right. I should have like another income coming and then I can post you this on the side. But what right. I felt was I wanted to give my full time into this. So uh, with more analysis and all these seminars, we also conducted in schools as well. So it gave me both perspectives of how school students think and how college students think. And uh, one of the most uh, important feedback I got from these uh, two different uh, set of students was uh, when we're talking about application-based learning, right? So college students were like, oh, I wish I had this when I, I was in school. And when we were interacting with school students, their, uh, their approach and feedback was, oh, this is really interesting. I want to learn more. So I think that's where it, uh, I could see this distinction uh, of where we can make change the most or rather than make a change, that's a later part, but where we can help students the most, like right. we can start early. So I uh, meanwhile, I was also selected here in Montreal as uh, one of the top 10 uh, early stage startups. Uh, so I was a part of the cohort of a Yes uh, Elevate program here in Montreal. And being a part of that program really helped me to like cater to different things of like creating a business canvas model and what is value proposition, understanding different terms on the, you know, that are uh, encom encompassing the uh, entrepreneurship. entrepreneurship. Yeah. Yes. So I think uh, that's where I got this more a boost of what I wanted to do ahead. And that gave me a really good perspective uh, of uh, what way I want to pursue. What, should I continue towards boarding pass or a school student, like school area, the most um, uh, effective way to go about? So I think I chose that. But meanwhile, boarding pass for success, we already had a lot of students. We have uh, already uh, signed up members on the website. So every month we continue to conduct uh, webinars. Uh, for the students in partnership with all of these universities that we had. So uh, that is still going on. Like right now it's on a break because right now at Calibre is at a stage where we are working on the launch. But at that stage, it was still figuring out, out things in which we want to go. And I think after that, uh, I participated in, uh, in uh, Canada India Acceleration Program Pitch Competition. And uh, we won. Uh, we we uh, got an award of ten thousand uh, wow, dollars when we won the competition. Thank you, thank you. So that was back in March two thousand twenty-two. So uh, that gave me an opportunity to create a prototype and understand using that amount. It gave me that opportunity to create the prototype and test out in the market. And uh, because of these accelerated programs and the mentors I have had throughout, actually, th th that is why because I am here because all those little interactions that you keep having with people, yeah. it leads, it leads like, it makes you think something else and then, you know, it lands you where you are. So right. uh, yeah. we created the prototype, we did user studies, we conducted market research. I, uh, I conducted market research here in Canada. I was a part, part of uh, EdTech bootcamps in, in the United States. 
currently I am uh, incubated in IIM Bangalore, NSRCL. Uh, so it's a one-year program as well. So I am able to see perspectives of these different countries and see where we can launch the product first uh, and how we can leverage the same content and also have it launched in other countries as well. So these little steps I could understand because of these programs and the interactions right. I had with different startup founders. And that's how my entrepreneurial journey has been so far. Uh, uh, understanding uh, understanding how it works, but also remembering why I started it. Because sometimes people give you different opinions, which right. have worked for them. But then you cannot keep implementing all of them because you need to choose what sets for you because then you yeah. will just go astray and you'll be lost if you try implementing everything. Yeah. So I think that's yeah. something I learned uh, because I used to do that. Oh, this person, well, he or she has accomplished so much. They, they know and they were right in what they were saying, but it just didn't apply to what I was doing. So right. you need to yeah. choose the niche uh, for the journey. That's that's what I learned uh, throughout. And uh, yeah, that's uh, how I have been here. Talking to you. <laughs> Got it, Kushbu. Thank you. Uh, you know, what you've kind of shared so far gives a overview of what's been going on. But I'd like to, you know, break down certain things because um, sure. when you said, see, you basically went there uh, to do your master's and then you see some things that's very different that you saw something that's very beneficial. You just wanted to share it, right? Nothing else. Um and you thought you wanted to share it because you saw that this could help. Uh, when you think that this could help, that means there is a certain problem. So basically, you started off something very organically to help somebody who might have a problem to solve it. So I'd like to, you know, kind of use this to reiterate that every entrepreneurship journey uh, starts off with somebody trying to solve some problem without expecting kind of nothing, actually. Yeah. And uh, can't get more organic than that. What I'd like to understand is... What you're saying, what you've done, the kind of work that you've done, uh, I got this perspective, especially because of another conversation that I had uh, with a person called Suraj Perry, based in Hyderabad. He runs a startup called Gradwine. He helps people uh, with application processes in the US. And okay. you should check that company out. It's not like any other company, right? Mm -hmm. And um, he said his USPs is having live mentors from the US who guide the people who are applying. You know, they know the local information, the current information. They go so minute to the level of this university might be better than that, but your job opportunities are better there. So, you know, weighing the pros and cons and stuff like that. So the reason I'm talking all this is yours is also a very current event sort of a thing. You know, the interviews that you've had will will probably be, it'll be better for the boarding pass for success to kind of keep going on with people who are working two years from now, three years from now. Sorry. And um, now the question that I have is the seminars that you conducted, what started first, the interviews with these people or you conducting seminars for Indian uh, universities? I think the uh, seminars, like conducting seminars for the universities, that started first because, uh, uh, like I said, I wanted to make sure that students understand like the practical part of learning. So yeah. when I went to India, uh, uh, like I said, I, I used to teach in SVNIT Surat. So uh, yeah. I, yeah. I went there first and yeah. I spoke to the HOD over there and 
I said like this is something that I, I would like to share. I'm creating like sort of a mentor program for students. It's not something that uh, that's already created, but I want to research how I can help students, how, how, how can we mentor them so that they could start early with the practical journey of their learning. So uh, he was kind enough to like say, oh, just let's let's organize an expert uh, expert talk and you can like interact right. with students. And the first thing was, wait, am I, why am I, why is it an expert talk? I'm not an expert, right? Like that's the first thought that comes. But then you realize uh, that the expert is because of the experience. Right. That, okay, right. you, you went through this, uh, the same process that other students are going right now. And then you continued your journey. You did this, you did that. So to share that is, is, is an expert talk. So like it, it took me some time to, un, uh, to come like I said, imposter syndrome, right? Get out of imposter syndrome, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. So uh, I think that's that's how it started. Uh, I wanted to share about like uh, the practical application of uh, of learning. Uh, we conducted the seminar, sorry, the seminar, and uh, I had my husband accompany me as well. Uh, he uh, at that time he was doing his PhD in robotics, right. uh, so he also conducted seminar on robotics on not just like because when you talk about robotics, it's just like uh, like a, a robot that comes in front of you. That's, that's the general image. But Correct. he also wanted to share like the thought process behind problem solving. It's not robotics. It's not just that robot. And like right. he, right. The, the, that it would do things for you. But it's more about like problem solving, how to go about this, how to solve this. So he also accompanied me on all of these seminars as well. And uh, I think that's how the journey started. Uh, where uh, we visited other universities as well and conducted those same seminars. Uh, so when I came back to uh, Canada, I, uh, I I was reflecting on all those conversations and the feedback we had. And I started this, uh, I, cre- I, I wanted to launch this Engineering Career Online Summit. That was the name, ECOS, I, I, uh, I was referring to it then, where we would have a three-day event online and we would invite these uh, different industry professionals from right. different companies and uh, people would uh, buy the ticket or, or like it's just like a virtual event happening online uh, i worked on all of those interviews with uh, 35 professionals at that time we created right. that event for that and uh, i created like brochures and everything so for me at that time, it's, it was like, oh, I have created this this wonderful platform that doesn't exist out there. So I yeah. would have like students coming in like this. My tickets will be sold like this, right? Such a naive point of view at that time. But it's always like, even when in India, there's some something happening. You hear about it from your parents, family, friends, relatives. Yes. Some, something is happening. And you go there and like the event is good. So you feel like, oh, if, if the... If the event is good, if it's going to give some value to you, automatically people will come up. Yeah. But it's, as you know, it's not the case. Right, right, right. That's when I realized the value of what marketing is, what what (laughs) sales is, like a completely different perspective. Uh, But again, it was a learning process. Like I I was still happy to have, we had uh, 30 students who signed up for the platform. So for me, it was a big deal. Uh, that's not bad at all exactly not bad at all right i still had 30 students coming coming up but how i had envisioned you were a topper weren't you sorry you were a topper while studying weren't you yeah (laughs) 
Always I can see their attitude. <laughs> I know. You're not happy with 30 signups in the start. You're like, oh, okay, yeah, not bad. I, right now, when I think about it, I was like, oh my God, 30 students is a lot. Yeah, it's a lot, yes. It's a lot. Uh, and, uh, and, and the thing is, like, during that time, uh, I, in, in my mind, it was like, oh, I will have, like, thousands of students signing up for this. There are so many students, this and that and all. But it's it's not like that. So like I I had to go back in my mind when I was a student. Right. Like, okay, right. What did I care about when I was an engineering student? Did I care about the real world part of learning? No. Did I care about you know jobs? I was like, oh, I'm still in the second year, third year. I'll see when time comes to it. That was that that was me at that time. So right. uh, I mean, there were a lot of learning processes where I had to reflect back on like what I or what a person in that situation would have done so that was the time when i understood like the customer point of view what are their pain points what are the challenges they are facing what are they ready to spend money on i mean students would spend like 600 rupees 700 rupees or like on on movie or something like that in a day but like even like a 500 rupee ticket for a three-day event like that seems more to a student so <laughs> I, that's, that's where I understood, like, even when we conducted these different seminars, webinars, uh, when we conducted them for free, we had like 1500 registrations because right. we had partnerships with these universities. Like there was one time when we had 2000 registrations for our webinar that was coming in. But right. when right. it was something paid, a uh, student would think like, oh, I can get this for free. Why would I pay even hundred bucks for this? Right. Something like that. So that's when I realized that if I want to continue the boarding pass journey, I have to keep that as an open platform for education. I, at that point, I didn't feel like uh, bachelor students is the right target market if I want to make it a business model out of it. Uh, it it's very later on when uh, I was attending this uh, cohort when the mentor said like, success of a startup doesn't just depend on the revenue that it creates. It, it also depends on the people you reach out to. And because up till that time, I, w- I wasn't seeing Boarding Pass as a successful platform just right. based on the assumption that it is not creating revenue. Right. So that was the assumption I had. But eventually I figured out it's not that. Like, you, I can, I mean, that platform is still there, available to all the students. I still have students signing up, getting the e-certificates of the webinars. It's still going on, which means that it is reaching out to uh, right. people out there. So, right. uh, but I, I felt like uh, that was an end towards creating a business model. So I had to segue towards what works. And I think even initially, uh, there were mentors who, who told me, who had told me, like, if you want to create a business model, school, like K to 12 is the right market for you. But because I was so uh, connected to my idea of creating that change for engineering students, I was still in that journey. But I'm glad I, I took that route. Because I explored research everything, and right. because of that, I have the perspective of what a school sh- student should have right now, so that right. they don't face these similar challenges when they are an engineering student or going out to to work in the industry. Right. So yeah. <laughs> got it. Got it, Kushbu. Kushbu, I'm gonna go a, back a little bit, uh, just to you know make it that much more clear because. Uh, when you said you created a three-day summit and you uh, had uh, spoken about 35 people, industry professionals or industry experts to kind of share their experience to the students. So you had already recorded those 
interactions or were they going to come live on the summit and talk on those three days? Uh, I have recorded those interviews. The reason being that uh, the professionals from different time zones. Right. And right. Uh, uh, I, I that time wanted to like make it like a good video with uh, with the branding of Woody Pass for Success and all of those things. Uh, seminars and uh, like Zoom and everything was quite new. And I'm talking right, about right. 2000, 2019. At that right. time, people were still using Zoom, but only for like professional purposes. And uh, it was new for me that time too to record these videos on Zoom. So right. that time, like having all of these conducting that online with all of them together didn't seem like uh, a good approach or rather didn't have the resources to do that. And uh, right. again, it wouldn't have worked out because people were from different time zones as well. So I thought it was a good idea to have these recorded videos. Uh, the reason being that students can watch it at their convenience anytime. They are not bound by that time. And Got it. Yeah, they have that flexibility to watch it. And uh, you would play these recordings in the three-day summit that you organized. Was that the plan? Correct. So we used to, like, I created, like, three different pages on right. my website. And each day, each page would be unlocked. By the student they would just have to like sign up login because they already bought the tickets right. so uh yeah that's how uh, they could unlock different videos for the day and they could just play whichever industry uh they are from they could just search for that industry and then just look at that video got it Kushbu. and you said in the start you know these exact uh interactions that you've had are f uh, can be accessed for free is that correct that's correct uh, it's still on the website out there Okay, now it's not paid or something. So students who no. would like to go visit, they can go and, okay. Correct. I, uh, I was like, I mean, why, why should I restrict it? Like, uh, it's, it's not like it's going to make that big of a sale or something that I should spend that much time on. Because Boarding Pass started as more of an educational pla awareness platform. Right. I, I felt like I wanted to keep that that way. There were many times when I tried different approaches, like, you know, like... Uh, a 500, uh, 500 rupee, rupees you pay for it and you can access all the videos. That's still, that's still uh, under my radar. But uh, the reason I want to implement it was I wanted to make sure that maximum students sign up on the platform. That was right. my main goal. And that would right. not have happened if I kept kept it paid uh, in the beginning. Because it's, it's not... Uh, I cannot expect students to, without seeing the videos, just understand like, oh yes, real-world application is important or uh, listening to the speaker will help me. So I wanted first for them to understand what it is and then right. maybe think of a paid plan. But again, I haven't yet implemented it because I, I want to have uh, as many students as much as possible on boarding. That's my goal right now. On boarding pass for success, have as many signups and have as many members. Got it, Kushbu. And when you came to India, you said, you know, you kind of expanded tying up with universities to go and give seminars. So you did all this uh, when you came down here for the three months. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, sorry, when I came down with my? No, when you came down here for uh, three months every year, that's the time during which you did it. Right. Or you continued to do it even online from, you know, once you went back there as well. I continued online as well. And uh, because of COVID, uh, that was... It was possible during that time to do it online because people right. are now open to uh, being online and uh, understanding the virtual connectivity to anywhere in the world, right? So that's when we started conducting webinars as well. Before that, it was just seminars. Got uh, it. Yeah, we started webinars from 2020. 
Got it. And in these interactions that you've had with the industry professionals, right, uh, in different domains, what is the kind of content or what is the kind of interaction that you wanted to bring out, um, you know, which would be valuable to the student, you know, to the people who are watching it? So was it more like, you know, how what you study is linked or not linked to the job you do and what you can expect uh, at work? And uh, was it about, you know, cracking interviews? So what did you want to mainly focus on during these interactions? Right. So my main uh, focus was uh, for them to give them uh, what's happening happening in the industry right now. Right. Because we all right. have assumptions that, like, I, I had a lot of assumptions that, uh, um, oh, I'm not from software background. So even when I got a job in BlackBerry, it was the, uh, I started as a software testing specialist and I had that right. assumption that uh, even when they came on campus, there were different stalls. So uh, where you could just interact with different departments in BlackBerry to understand the process. And uh, I was just standing in line uh, for the electronics department and there was this uh, queue here for software. So suddenly that queue was like the students had already finished speaking and I was there. So I just happened to have a conversation. There was no expectation because I knew I'm not from the software background. And you wouldn't believe, but my first line to that uh, employee, I mean, the person who came there was, uh, oh, sorry, I'm not from the software background. And he was like really surprised. Like there are students coming up and like giving pitch about why they should hire them. And here is this person who is like, oh, I'm not from the background. So he was like really curious. And then he asked me a couple of questions like, okay, what did you do? And then he he was like, I, I, to, I talked to him about uh, uh, my my journey as a uh, as a lecturer in SVNIT, how I used to interact with students. And he saw how I was communicating, how, how I was ask, uh, answering in detail about what he was asking. And for me, it was just a conversation. I didn't know he was like actually interviewing me. So then he said, you know, what all things you just explained? That's, those are all the skills required for software testing. You don't only, it requires only 10% coding and that's all. You don't even need to code in the software testing part. Right, and right. I got the job, apparently. <laughs> so because I was so naive, I went with a very naive point of view, right? And uh, But these are the, the these are the things I wanted to bring out that just right. because you are not from a certain background, it doesn't limit you to pursue anything out there. I, I had a friend in uh, University of Waterloo who came uh, from the mechanical engineering background and he pursued right. computer science uh, and right now yeah. he's working at Meta as a software engineer. So it wow. doesn't really matter what uh, field you come from and that's what yeah. I wanted to share main with the students to not limit themselves. Uh, the other important thing was uh, for me to make students know what skills are uh, important right now in industry. Uh, skills as if like the technical skills as well as the soft skills as well so that they could start working on them from now they're at least if they don't work on it they're aware of it like this is what right. this person working at a certain industry or in the certain segment is using right now for his job his or her job so uh, those are the things i wanted students to know and the third thing is how they could utilize their time right now in college so that they right. have a portfolio when they graduate, it's not like fourth year is over. I need a job like portfolio wouldn't happen overnight. So uh, that was the thing to make them understand how they could leverage their time right now in college to work on these different projects. Uh, 
and that is one of the things i saw uh, even while i was giving interviews or when i i was in the research process of what works uh, in the hiring process is uh, if they ask you a question and if you have no experience if you just know about it reading on wikipedia but if you have never experienced it you won't have much to share and the interview would look right yeah it very like it, it wouldn't make sense for the they won't get that feel that you are in it so to share that uh, share about that particular skill you need to have an experience attached to it like what you did with that skill what what challenge came upon right. because you you face these sort of questions right uh, tell me like your weakest weaknesses and strengths and what challenges you did you face how did you overcome them and you cannot it has to be organic so that's what yeah. i if they experience that in college they will be able to share more experiences during the interview uh, and it's it's a smoother process for them to graduate so these are these were the three main things uh, that we spoke about but uh, i always asked uh, the the interview uh, the speaker at the end like if you got a chance to give an advice to your younger self what advice would it be so just to give a recap of you know okay what they should have done because students are at that stage they could do it right now right so, right yeah, these these were the aspects i wanted to cover during all of these seminars and webinars got it kushbu great and this blackberry uh, interaction that you had in that stall is obviously after your masters is that correct yeah during my masters so during your like, masters in canada internship. yeah so i did my internship in blackberry and that translated to a full time job after i graduated as well got in it blackberry yeah got it and uh, you know you said you spoke about what you focused while interactions you know just to break it down a little bit more so uh, how did you uh, you know what did you do to reach out did you use what platforms did you use did you use linkedin what was your pitch like and how were these people responding to you all these speakers that i invited yeah they are, they are all my friends oh right <laughs> <laughs> yeah because uh, so i studied in university of waterloo in canada Uh, and like i mentioned previously my husband was doing his phd in robotics PhD. in the united right. states in wpi right. so right. Uh, all of his friends and all of my friends i first reached out to them so those were like the first 30 35 people whom i had interviewed and right. then through mutual friends reaching out on linkedin i was able to conduct more webinars every month and right. that's how i reached to like 40 45 individuals more and uh, uh there were few a few speakers who came uh, reached out to me on their own because they saw wow, that okay. uh, right. i have been a part of this initiative that helps students and they were like oh we want to help students as well so um, that's when i realized that there are so many uh, people out there who have faced that journey they want to help students so that they don't face the same challenges and that's where i created a mentoring platform initiative on boarding pass for success so initially uh, my thought process was i am doing it doing this without money i'm not charging anything yeah, but for yeah. me it was like if these speakers are giving their time they should be compensated with money as right. well so that right. it was my thought process during that time like they should be compensated right. for their time uh but again uh, when it comes to mentoring brutal honesty like even when we think about mentoring it's like it's free advice 
why would I pay for mentoring? That's that's the general idea that I have seen, even among right. students, even right now. Uh, why would I pay someone for advice? And now you have ChatGPT. Why would I pay someone for giving me advice? Uh, as a student, you don't understand that uh, the experiences that they come with. Yeah, uh, it can help you. They realize it later on. You know how I said about uh, the feedback I got from engineering students during application-based learning. They were like, "Oh, I wish I had this in yes, school." Yes, so yes, yes. All of these speakers, uh, industry professionals, it was the same for them. Like, because they are in the later phase, like in, in the working stage, they are like, "Oh, I wish I had this platform that reaches uh, that you know gives these seminars to students." I wish I had this. So it's it's always like the third perspective, and you can see like a clear picture when you are in it as a student. You don't realize its worth. Right. So, uh, along with that, uh, the thing was, I was already on the Ed Caliber journey. Along with that, so maybe I could not give too much focus on like uh, reaching out or conveying the right message of how mentoring helps. Well, I for for me, I, I felt like I did everything. I spent a lot of time doing that because mm. we had all of these students coming during seminars, webinars. Uh, we used to promote this mentoring platform over there as well during those seminars, and uh, I received a lot of uh, people for inquiries, but they were not willing to pay for it, and it was not like a big fee, like minimum fee per hour that we charge for someone giving their time to you. Right. So right. I think that's that's when I realized that uh, this cannot be paid, or I still don't. I'm not still at that phase where I know how to translate this into. Uh, sales or into revenue so either right. of the things uh but i felt like like even uh, some of the students i know when they're like really smart uh, students so when they have to do a course online uh it was like 99 rupees for that course so that student was like oh i can just do this on youtube for free why would i pay 99 bucks right they don't know what expertise it is expertise it is coming with right. but they uh, we don't do that like even we if we just giving them benefit of doubt even we do that at times Correct. Right? yes so i felt like that is not something that i want to pursue because uh, and i knew later on that in entrepreneurship uh, first if people don't know about the product first you have to spend a lot of time resources money everything on educating them of what it is yeah. and yeah. then the selling part comes Whereas if people are already aware of, you know, like uh, courses online or something, they're already familiar with it. We don't have to spend on educating them what it is. So right. I felt like it was taking a lot of time for me to educate what this is. And I didn't feel like it is something I wanted to pursue as well. So uh, the mentoring uh, platform is still there. But now we let students come to us. We don't like put it out there like, you know, it. We will charge this much amount for an hour. We let students come if they're interested in mentoring. Uh, then we speak to them, understand the student first. That is it worth the uh, mentor's time as well. And then we connect them to mentors. But again, it's not on a paid basis right now. We direct, we just connect them to help them understand. And there are these industry wow. individuals who said like, we are we want to volunteer. We we don't want uh, monetary stake out of it. So only those individuals who are okay with that, we connect them to those mentors. And uh, right, and then later on with Voting Pass for Success, we uh, 
we partnered with uh, an education overseas education consultancy aom it's in ahmedabad so uh, what how we have partnered is uh, the students who come to them early on in 12th grade or early engineering phase uh, who want to apply for abroad and they they have to create a portfolio now right so right right we part, they partnered with us so that the mentors can help them build the portfolio and then uh, their consultancy would just help them create a profile out of it as well so that's how we have uh, partnered and uh, we have we just recently did this partnership and we have like two students and there are three who uh, who are who we are speaking with so i think for me after all of these experiences like having these two three people is also a good a stepping stone uh, yeah. towards revenue for boarding pass for success so uh, yeah so uh, i never thought about boarding pass as a revenue part i could have and i could have turned it into that but at that point of time i didn't feel it the right way to go so i just segued towards uh, uh, towards school students and the major reason was also because that's where uh, you can make that change early on in the students right. mindset plus right. par- it's the parents you are convincing not the students so parents right. are willing to invest money for their students during school but when it comes to college students it's the students you are talking with who are not who are just reluctant because they just get their pocket money or something they're not uh, they're reluctant to spend their money uh, on things like that so yeah that was a learning curve behind it got it kushbu lot of lot of value basically you know uh, it's interesting because you really had this product all you needed to do was as you said you know you could have done it you could have productized it if you wanted it and it was you know you had to do you had to kind of educate people as to how it was going to add value uh, but then you know you had the other thing but i'm coming to that but uh, you know you were talking about um, an entrepreneurship seminar that your friend uh, kind of made you or convinced you to join and then that kind of had an impact in what followed Sorry. right Sorry. uh so what exactly happened so at that point in time you were doing still boarding pass for success am i correct that's correct that's correct i was still in my research phase of coming to india and understanding students getting their feedback talking to universities professors teachers schools as well so uh, actually i attended that seminar because i wanted to uh, so okay that that uh, seminar was organized for uh, engineering professors uh, to train them so that they could help students with entrepreneurship so it was to train professors wow okay train the trainer sort of a thing right. train the trainer right. sort of a thing so right. I, it was in gandhinagar so one of my uh, very good friends nishank shah he is a is an amazing entrepreneur and an amazing mentor so far he has been so he was the one who was like just just attend this uh, this web, uh, seminar right now so i went right. there with uh, uh, with an impression of connecting with these professors who mm. i could partner with for boarding pass seminars i didn't go there for myself uh, i mean for for the entrepreneurial part of it i went there so that i could uh, create that network and and i did i did create a network of professors there who mm. i partnered with the universities for the uh, for right. webinar seminars and webinars uh, but i it was me who ended up coming inspired out of it towards the entrepreneurial journey because there were many speakers including my friend uh, who was a speaker there as well uh, who, who have who were invited to speak about entrepreneurship and when i listened to them i was really inspired and that made me realize that that's something i am doing uh, so yeah that's that's how i got inspired so that's how it happened <laughs> 
And up until this point, you were not even like kind of going, you were still working. You were like, you know, okay, this is something that I'm doing on my side. You were just passionate about it. You're not like, okay, you know, this is going to turn out to be something that uh, will take you. Got Never. It, for me, uh, it started as uh, I want to create a mentoring program for students. Uh, but as and when things happened, it segued to conducting seminars and webinars. So as opportunity came in, I, I did take it. I did go for it. So, right. uh, yeah, it. I never thought of it like, oh, make this as a big thing because that was never on my mind. I never even thought in that direction. Like I said, entrepreneurship was never on my plate going forward. Uh, Got it. And you have certain things in your, again, assumptions and misconceptions that only if you are this sort of a person, can you become an entrepreneur? Like, you know, this jugard sort of a mentality that you have, it's called it's hustling, right? So yes. Uh, I never saw myself as a hustler. Like for me, it was like I. Uh, there are these certain type of people who are in business who hustle and make things work. So I never saw myself that this is this is how it is. And I had that misconception and assumption that this is how people are in that field. Right, right. It is eventually I figured out that you decide what sort of a person you want to be in in that journey. If you if you want to pursue that, you don't have to fit in that profile. You learn, of course, but that doesn't mean you cannot do it. Uh, There are so many entrepreneurs out there who have, uh, who do not have all the skills, right? For me, it was like entrepreneur has all the skills, selling and making a product and this, but eventually I learned that it's not how it is. That's why you have co-founders. That's how you have other people on board who can have the skills that you don't. And it's okay if you don't have those skills, you learn. So, uh, yeah, so that was never in my uh, radar but it it happened i i learned i spoke with people and uh, r- right now i am like full on on my entrepreneurial journey towards that caliber got it kushbu you said at one point you had to kind of you know you took a diversion where you know somebody told you k12 is the way to go if you want to kind of monetize and you know go in the revenue making and stuff like that uh, how did that uh, happen what are the events that led uh, for you to take the diversion so uh, the thing when someone told me about K to twelve when the market is there, that happened before boarding pass for success part. So uh, bef- I mean, while I was in the uh, boarding pass for success journey, that time it happened when I was uh, creating. Uh, I mean, when I was doing these seminars, my next path was okay. How can I create a course online where it talks about practical application of a subject? And that was an engineering subject at that point of time. So because I taught digital signal processing, I actually had started working on creating these different real-world applications of digital signal processing, uh, like why use Laplace transform, why use Z transform, and all of those things. It's just theory, but how will you use it out in real world? That was something I had already started working in. And that is the time when uh, the mentor told me uh, that, you know, you doing this instead of focus the practical applications for students. So that advice was already given to me earlier. But for me, because I was so connected with this idea of uh, doing it for engineering students, uh, I continued that journey. And it's later on with experiences, with feedback, uh, I recall that advice that was given to me earlier. Because right. with that, there were many people who when I spoke with that I'm doing this for engineering students, creating this practical application-based course for them, they were like, why don't you do it for school students? So there were many who came along the way. So it was like those uh, 
those uh, indications that I always got, you know, to to segue, but I didn't. So then it came. Then there was a time when I was like, okay, I have done everything here. I think I have thought about all things. I think K to twelve is the way to go. <laughs> but right. so even even right now, I feel like oh, I I wish I had like not uh, spent those two years, uh, you know, for creating that course uh, for engineering part, and rather focused on that towards school students. But it doesn't work that way. It's only when you yeah, right, you can look back and connect the dots of how it yes. happened. Yes, yes, it could happen. in some different ways as well but this is how it happened for me as is that's just my thought process right now so like as like the for the question you asked how it happened the advice was given to me way earlier but it's right. only when i researched took my own time made my own mistakes which i would advise others not to do uh, like learn from others mistakes and listen to others that's also important along with experiencing your own journey so uh, i think now i'm at a stage where uh, i do my own research but at the same time also um, think of what others are telling me from their point right. of view and then implement if it it matters in my journey it's easy after spending 2 years you know when you look back it's easy to say you know i could have <laughs> skipped those 2 years but you know it just uh, you unless and until you were because you were so connected with it you were uh, very much uh, thinking from the shoes of uh people who were just about to graduate and go work so probably you know uh you had to experience and realize for yourself that okay you know so i don't think it is the way it is it is probably balance that you can try for but yeah yeah but but actually this uh the same thing happened with edcaliber as well edcaliber started as a platform like a gamified right. learning platform for students right Uh, right. It wasn't for a specific subject that it is now on math. Initially, it's it was like now, yeah. science and math. Initially, it started that way. The idea was that. Right. So the whole idea was having like a three D uh, sort of an environment where students could play games and uh, understand math and science and do that. Right. Uh, now it was just an idea. There was no prototype or anything before that. So for me to create a three D environment, when I spoke with people, it it took it actually takes like half a million dollars. to create that sort of a product out in the market because wow. it uh, because it requires unity developers because you're doing it on a uh, as a gaming platform like there are different engines unreal unity so one of them that we focused on was unity and it's it's uh, it takes a lot of time to create those 3d characters the 3d environment thinking about the simulation that would happen and it took a, it, it would take so much time to build that right and me without even showing that there is any traction or any proof of concept but i went in there from that point of view again for a very long time i was connected to the 3d idea for a very long right. time actually right. and even right now i think oh i wish i would have saved that time but again uh, right now we are at a stage where uh, we are launching the first phase of the product where mm-hmm. it is 2d it is not 3d 3d is in in the future phase but what right. we wanted to show was do students like studying with the real world practice of math right now so we we picked one subject and mm-hmm. we picked one grade and we will release it as a uh, first phase of a product in the market where students instead of uh, doing the theoretical word problems from textbooks we give them real world case scenarios of that problem in real world and different careers and then they use math to solve that problem on our platform with guided quizzes and progress tracking and giving feedback so right. that's what we focus on 
and because i changed that uh, from 3d to 2d it significantly brought down the cost significantly brought out the resources and the time that it will take to create that so my goal is now to launch this product in the market a show revenue gain early traction see if people are willing to pay for that and then turn this 2d to 3d in future because i see that initially it was making a 3d platform the real world application of it everything in one but yeah, eventually yeah. i realized i first need to uh, validate whether students like the real world part of it and then 3d right. and everything is just like a feature upgrade it's right. that is not the product 3d is not the product the right. product okay. is the real world practice our students able to follow it and i also realized that uh, i made things too complicated in your mind it's not complicated at all but if you discuss it with anyone they they will look because it's in your mind so you understand right but when you're talking it out that's when i realize that the person is not understanding so there's something <laughs> i'm missing out or i'm not doing right so i simplified the approach so much and that's when i started getting validation from people so i feel like simple things are the most effective solutions of uh, complex things you can add it later on when people already right. know about that the why behind why you are doing it once they know that you can do that in different phases in future i can have investments of half a million when we know that we have created revenue we have customers who like this approach and now we want more investment to scale or to create more features into it so i think uh, uh that's the thing like it like you said this, you feel like that time is wasted but it happened with etcaliber as well not just boarding pass to etcaliber journey yeah, but yeah. even etcaliber journey i was still focused and attached to that idea of tv no i want to do that i want to do that right uh, but uh, only when i started uh, uh, consistently talking to customers telling them showing them getting their feedback that is the part where, where it was the most learning uh, most of my learning came from there uh, which initially i didn't while creating the mentor program or anything with right, boarding right, pass right. so there were learnings from boarding pass there are still learnings going on i'm sure in future of course there will be i always see this as learning part till the end so uh, it's it's just a matter of uh, sometimes keeping your ego back and accepting that it's okay that you uh spent one year or two years behind it it's okay because sometimes right. it's like the opportunity uh, opportunity cost no i think there's some term i forgot about it uh confirmation bias is that the word no never mind but i think there is this term when you are trying to uh i so it's like going to watch a movie in a theater with some expectations and you don't like the movie so oh you're talking movie, about some cost fallacy Yes, yes, something cost fallacy. Yes, that's right. I I saw the term in uh, the Art of Thinking Clearly, the book that I read. Yes. Right, right, right. So you feel like because you have spent so much time, you have to make you, it work. Because you've done right? so much work. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yes, because you've done so much work, you've spent so much time, but I think you have to set aside your ego at that point of time. Just come back to your basics. Say it's okay. uh if you have found a path don't be afraid to pursue it just because you have spent time on some other thing yeah doing that and i think that was one of the reasons for switching to etcaliber as well like i knew for boarding pass it's not happening it's not happening and i i feel like hitting a wall 
hitting my head hitting my head in the wall uh, every time so right right that's also important to know where to stop and where to segue i have had so many times even in my caliber journey in last two years where i was like about to give up but then an idea came i implemented that it worked and that's how uh, i understood like entrepreneur entrepreneurial journey is completely unpredictable as you know and you have to be comfortable with that unknown part yes yes uh, yes yeah i'm still struggling with that but i have faith i have hope <laughs> No, uh, you know, I'll give you another perspective. It's interesting that you spoke twice about, you know, two years with uh, Boarding Pass and then two years with Ed Caliber. I've spoken to founders who were early to the market, you know, everything sorted, but, you know, they were early. That also happens. Yeah. Um, sometimes, you know, it's just, it's these are the things that you have no control over and you just have to trust your journey. I think everybody needs to probably... Uh, trust their journey and everybody have their own journey at the end of the day. I mean, there's no other way to go about it. That's a thing. You know, I want to ask you this. You, you know, you realized when you were doing boarding pass for success, okay, you know what? And then you, you spoke about a course that you wanted to create uh, for engineering students about digital process signaling. I'm sorry if I mispronounced or jumbled that thing up. Um, And then, uh, you know, you realized, okay, K-12 is a way to go, right? Now, you wanted to solve a problem, but you thought that maybe a different target audience is the way to go. Now, what was your thought process in still sticking to your larger goal being achieved? Uh, How did you manage to kind of, you know, retain that, but then move to another thing? It's not an easy thing, right? Uh, Because you're... Absolutely. Uh, that's very true. Like I said, you you marry that idea so much that you don't want to leave it. Mm. right? But uh, that's the thing I learned that uh, what is your main goal? So my main goal is ha- uh, not having students to rely on marks and giving them a real world application point of view, which helps them in problem solving in future because marks are not going to help. right? So that is my main goal. Now I started boarding pass for success was one of the approach towards that goal. That doesn't mean that is the only approach. So because in our mind, we feel sometimes this is the only way to go. We, we, we do that. And then we get so desperate about making it work because you feel like if you don't take that approach, you will not meet your goal. Right. So eventually there are multiple approaches. Like even Ed Caliber is one of the approaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's uh, exactly where I'm gonna, you know, where I was yes. thinking of coming at. So instead yes. of uh, doing it at the engineering level, you're doing the same thing at the school level now. Correct. Uh, it's the only difference, right? Uh, and difference. who knows? You're in fact uh, accelerating that whole curve, right? By doing it even earlier, Absolutely. they don't even have to wait till their engineering to kind of figure that out. Now you're exactly. kind of laying it Absolutely. out in front of them in the school itself. Yeah, and eventually right. in future after we have done it for the grades right now, so we are focusing on sixth grade right now because that's the time when they have uh, learned the mathematics basics and are at at an age where they understand what real-world application is and like have them in their their frame of mind as well. So we feel that's the stage. But you never know in future we do it for more grades, higher grades, and eventually we can do it for engineering students as well. So I was was thinking about the last step. I, I, I was jumping steps. Uh, because you start early, see uh, how it is happening, and then you move forward. So, yeah. 
Right. And uh, one thing I'd like you to, you know, deep dive, you already spoke about it a little bit here and there. Uh, market research uh, on, you know, while you were building it caliber. Because uh, you didn't have an opportunity to do that with boarding pass because the journey was different. Right. And uh, market research is um, is a is a very vague thing, and there are so many different ways. So, what was the? How exactly did you end up doing market research? Right. Uh, so uh, what I did was uh, now Canva was new during that time. So whatever was in my mind, uh, actually I uh, I should say this. Uh, the engineering, how I realized that uh, I shouldn't do it for engineering students and for school students, I think this was an important thing. Uh, right. Up to the point where I was working for creating that course for engineering students, it was mm-hmm. all in my mind, doing creating content for that. But it is right. only when I put together what was in my mind, like visually on Canva, that's when I realized that, oh, wait, this is more towards school students. I don't think this is for engineering students. So, because you have it in your head, you visualize it in a way how it's going to be. But when you put it out there and see it, that's right. when you realize the the practical part of it. So, I think that was the turning point behind why doing it for school students. So, uh, what I did right. was uh, when I was creating that visuals on Canva of having this 3D sort of an environment, I was just taking different things from Google, just creating that flow that, so that I could see it visually and talk to students about it. So I started with science. I created, uh, I took a, a subject uh, uh, on sustainability. Uh, I think okay. uh, there was one topic in eighth grade that I took and I created a prototype out of it. And then we conducted uh, uh, user studies one-on-one. Uh, how the student likes it? Uh, do they like it better? And I think during uh, during that phase, we understood that students love the real world approach. So that validated my idea that students love it. So that was a time when I created hypothesis, like what are my assumptions and what I need to validate. I was going by that path, uh, actual entrepreneurial path. So uh, when I did user studies, I asked them the right questions. And it's during that time, I got to realize that uh, students still struggle more than science. They still struggle with real, uh, real world application of math. Because they are like, okay, where am I going to use trigonometry? Where will I use equations? Where will I use algebra? I mean, even now yeah, you yeah. see so many news and memes out there like, oh, I, I, I studied this. Where am I using it? Right? So uh, I felt like math was like the low-hanging fruit that I could start with first. And I didn't have to educate people about it. People already know about it. Problem was already but, existing. Yeah. Yes, it was already existing. So that's when we uh, created a prototype uh, on math. We created like a simulation uh, for equations. Uh, we created like two cars coming in front of each other and creating the path using equations. So we created that on uh, Unity again. And I was fortunate enough to uh, find a person uh, through, again mutually through my family friend who was a Unity developer. His name is uh, uh, Parth Dodia. He, uh, I think he's one of your co-founders, CTO. That's correct. Yes, yes. So he helped me create that prototype uh, for 3D. And uh, we worked on it to get uh, and understand students' point of view on that. Now, although students liked it, but there was this part where parents still felt like it is a game and it is not studying. So Mm. I I still feel like it is still some time. We haven't reached that point where parents are okay with students playing a game and learning. Game. 
it is still right. a game in the end for them it is not studies so right. then the part came where we had to where we also got this that why would i spend money on a game that was the thing because we don't spend money on games and if you ask if you ask parents they would be like it is a game why would i spend okay. money on I'm uh, sorry to interrupt. Here's a fun fact for you. I was equally mind blown when I uh, had this guest. Would you believe it? There is there is an academy in Bangalore that teaches kids how to play games. Nice. Like for them It's to become better. Absolutely. Now, uh, of course, this is this is you know very different from a bigger scheme of things. There is a whole world called as esports. Just like right. how we are physical sport, like you know, cricket, yeah. football, and all that. There is also another virtual world. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right! They make money of it, and I know. Uh, yeah. So there is an academy, and parents send. You know, there are that, those kind of parents also. You know, where kids are being sent uh, to this. So yeah, and you know, right. you're you're talking about um, parents wondering, oh, why am I going to spend money and you know buy games? Yes. So, so we are, are getting there, but it is it will still take time. There are parents being aware of it, but I think right. it will still take time. If you if you think from a business point of view, I have understood one thing: like spending time on educating will take a lot of time out of you. And what right. will happen is there will be other companies coming in who would leverage that there is education part already being done by someone else, and they would cater more because they have that sales uh, uh, expertise and everything to cater to them. So right. uh, I I feel like. uh i have done that with boarding pass for success and now i want to do leverage that main vision that i have for real world into a system where people understand so right. it's like to change a system you first need to get into the system so this is the first step towards that eventually we will bring the gaming part of it into it as well but i could i cannot just start with that because it requires because gaming is not my goal Yeah, yeah. Using gaming for uh, the real world approach towards learning is my uh, was one of the approaches, right? So, uh, yeah. So during my that market research, like that's that was the one thing where uh, the other thing is, like I said, when it's a game, uh, even for any other game, just general, uh, not people who are like very much into uh, gaming. But why would I spend money on a game? It should be right. free. Games are like that. so uh, the part where i had to connect edtech with gaming was difficult and i think that's where yeah. the education uh, uh, educating part came in and i right. felt it's i think i sh- i shouldn't go there right now right so that's when i re- realized okay i need to have a more simpler approach the, uh, students loved that idea but the other thing to keep in mind that i realized was let's say if you if you have to do a course and i tell you that oh there is this course where you could learn it with virtual reality tools augmented reality and gaming and everything you will be very fascinated in the beginning right you would use it uh, for a yeah. week few days but if you want to learn something you would have to come back to the basics of okay pen paper getting my thoughts those things those technologies is just something for you to get interested you know right in the beginning right. but i'm sure if it's a one year course you you will not be using virtual reality augmented reality for that one whole year correct at least right now at this yeah. stage so i felt for me to bring ed caliber into the system of students where they could use regularly for math practice 
I have to make it very simple enough, which is integrated in their lifestyle, not as a gaming thing uh, or, you know, uh, those would be like perks that we add later on in the, in, in at Calibre. But for them to have just like Duolingo, it's so simple, right? It's a, the language learning application. I use it to learn French. It's very simple. There's nothing right. new about it, but yet people use it every day. Why? Because it's simple. Right. I'm sure right. if there was like more features to it, like augmented, it would have been nice to explore, but not into my lifestyle as learning right now. So I felt uh, that was the key and market research, like how, how we did it with different people. Uh, we created like a math prototype, then we did research on it. And uh, 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 I also have like uh, a, a partner in, in Surat uh, uh, in India where uh, uh, he, uh, Savan Arya, his name is, mm -hmm. and he has his own coaching classes. So we right. partnered with him and uh, he uh, we did pro uh, user studies with his students. And he right. is very well into this idea of real world focused learning. And uh, he is our sales partner as well uh, for India whenever we, when we launch this year. So uh, we were able to conduct all of these different uh, user studies with different sets of people. And not only in India, but we also did it, uh, the same studies here in Canada and in USA. Right. So I felt like more than in India, people here in North America were more fascinated with the real world approach. Like I didn't have to explain them what I'm doing. They knew, oh, this is important. In India, there are people who understand the real world part of it, but the main focus is on, on marks. Okay, is, is this going to bring marks? Which is equally important. But again, right. we uh, with Edcalibur, our goal is to have students practice math, which will eventually help them improve grades anyways. If, if, they, if they like something, if they do it consistently, they, it, they will get better at it. Right. So right. we are not just focused on marks, but having uh, all students being engaged. And if you see at the st statistics right now, 86% of students are not proficient with math. So those people who are really good in math, we uh, people here in North America say that, oh, India is a land where, you know, uh, we have great minds. Uh, people are good at math and science, yeah. right? But there's still uh, that, that's only like the top 10% of the students like if, if there is a class yes, yes. right maybe 10 people are good at it but the remaining 40 are not in a class of 50 so my focus is to cater towards those uh, remaining 40 people on how to make it engaging for them for math like when we were doing one of the user studies there was this student who I was uh, asking questions and she was in ninth grade and she said, like, oh, I don't like math at all. I'm not going to take or make a career where math is involved. Because you see, uh, career decisions are based on, based on that as well. So after we did yeah. this, uh, uh, this user study where she used uh, this uh, simulation to understand uh, linear equations, like the slope-intercept form, after that, when I asked her, she was so thrilled. She's like, in 15 minutes, you change my entire perspective of math. So that is what we wow. want to give okay. to the students, to change their perspective of where math is used out in the real world. And it's not limited to just STEM or any field. Math is connected everywhere, in agriculture, in, in finance, in yeah. art, yeah. whatnot, right? 
So that's that's how we bring real world uh, tasks to students so that they could practice and apply math skills rather than just learning. It's more of application that we are focusing on. So that's how my uh, the market research with that caliber went ahead, uh, just getting details from the students. And now we are at a stage where uh, we are starting with 2D, like with all of these user studies that we have received up till now. Right. That's that's what we are incorporating in the phase one of the product right now. Got it. One of the things that you kept repeating uh, when we spoke about market research was prototype, right? Now, uh, how different is a prototype? I understand prototypes when it comes to, you know, physical stuff. Say, for example, when you're building a car, I understand what's a prototype. But when it comes to a software, how is a prototype different from a real finished software? Correct. Uh, so to answer that, uh, from from uh, so for us in the edtech industry, especially with Edcaliber, what we're doing is we wanted to create one uh, real-world focused simulation. That was the initial idea. To create that one simulation of one concept. That is a prototype. Basically, you take one concept and not scale up into doing everything. First take, exactly. okay, that's what you're referring to as prototype. Exactly. Got it. Exactly. And for tech industry, uh, it's not like, uh, you know, just any other market where you create something simple, you put it in the market, will people buy? I cannot expect people to buy it for one concept. If people are looking for right, edtech, it's the whole syllabus. Is it covering yeah, it? Yeah. Then I take it. Correct. Yeah. So I think that was that's the that is what I referred to as prototype. And uh, I think right now when we are conducting, uh, I'm a, like I said, I'm incubated at IIM Bangalore NSRCL. NSRCL. Yeah. So during those uh, sessions, there was one part where it was converting MVP, which is a minimum viable product. To MMP, which is a minimum marketable product. Right. Right. So I think that's the whole journey, and they gave a very good uh, visuals for that. It was just like, uh, let's say, if you want to build uh, build a car, for example. Okay. One approach, which is not a right approach, is uh, getting getting resources for wheels. Get getting okay. things done to make sure that we have resources for wheels and to make the wheels. Then the okay. next stage is okay, creating the bonnet or, you know, just step by step uh, getting resources to create that car. And in the end, you have a car, but you don't know if people will buy it because mm. it has not been tested. You cannot Correct. ask people to test just the wheels. Correct. You cannot Correct. ask them to drive if that is not created. Yeah. So Correct. then all of your efforts have been wasted to get uh, resources and money for wheels, for everything, for color, everything doesn't make sense. Correct. So that, then there was a visual where it was wheels, just just the main uh, steering wheel and the engine. Mm. The See bare the bones version. The, yes. Make it something that people can use and then find out, do people like it? Yes, they like it. Okay, they like it. Let's add two more seats to it. Do they like it? Okay, let's make it more appealing. And then there was a car. So in both approaches, the end result was a car. But in this part, you have identified its usage, whether it will work or not. And then uh, when you're going into the investment market, like getting investments, right? You can tell them this basic product is something that people love, paid for it. And now I need money to create more things into it. But you cannot just take the wheels to them and tell them, oh, I need money to create the car. Yeah, yeah. 
So I think that was an eye opener for me, and that's where this phase one of the product that I'm creating right now is that bare, bare, uh, like wheels bare and bones. The, the, yes, the bare bones, bare bones to it. Yes, that's what I'm working on right now. If that is successful, then you go ahead. So uh, I think that that was a very uh, important learning part for it me. It is yes, yes, very important in entrepreneurial journey. Uh, and and I could see a difference after realizing that. is the last two years because i wanted investment that big right i was trying to create a profile that would set with investors because you keep reading about it where people tell you oh you need a co-founder to get investment or oh, you need this 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 to get in uh, get investment like be a sort of person uh, that they know who can work on uh, and making this product that way i was focused on that on creating that profile of headcaliber which is good for investment so i have let go on so many other people who were not who who i felt were not did not fit into the co-founder profile right because people kept saying oh get a get a person from iit get a person from mit or you know some branded uh, university or company it will be easier for you to get investment so right. i felt in doing that and creating that profile profile lost focus on why am i doing this like i i felt like the, the, i'm not i'm not in this to just get investment i'm in this to achieve that goal yeah and yeah. it just didn't make sense like two things didn't set together right. but only after i let go of that idea and created a simple approach it brought my investment down the time down the people that i needed it it brought all of those things down so i bootstrap i uh, i i was able to pay for this product from uh, my family and friends by raising money within that it, it wasn't that big awesome. an amount as 5 million uh, sorry uh, half a million dollars that i had to raise so i became so free like i did things the way i saw them fit i brought right. on people on board not looking at their profile but the skills and the value they are adding right now i don't have to show someone that, that oh this person is from this certain industry or this and i don't have to sell the product i mean sell the company right now to them right right so that that was also a very good eye opener for me uh i used to keep attending these investment sessions making sure that and at some point i felt like i felt helpless so my goal was something else and i was doing something else so only when i started focusing on this first phase of the product if it gets whenever we get early traction in the future i think then in future it would be a good time okay i have created this product we have users we have revenue these people help me create this i want them on board but i need more money to add these things and then right. you go to the investor so i feel that is that makes sense i i, I yeah. don't have to like impress investors i'm an equal with them and telling them that i have done it initially i didn't feel it equal there are people who do it as well just on idea they get investments but just i'm not that one of the one of those people right i right. just i cannot just sell something if i don't believe in it i cannot right. just fake it so i think just doing this making that first phase the bare, bare bones of the product is something that has given me so much confidence that i could speak with any investor not see them as oh this is a person giving me money because i wouldn't care if they right. don't give me money it's fine but this is what i want to do at least i am sure of it initially that was not the case so i i felt that was a really good eye opener uh, it gave me the confidence because 
confidence comes with talking to customers not just in your mind it's not in your mind there are these customers who are willing to pay money for it who are willing to buy the product and you also understand the pricing part of it as well whether it works or not so i think these two things were uh, were eye opener for me uh, going ahead in my journey you know it's interesting because uh, you just said a while back how doing a real job and then attending an interview makes so much difference because there's something to talk exactly. about right and that's exactly. exactly what you underwent uh, you know exactly. uh, yeah it's exactly. just not with jobs right anything right. you want to go get something done it's better that you've done something because right. nothing you can describe as much as the actions that you've done absolutely um, so yeah totally related so uh, because all of those uh, seminars and webinars that we did for students and even like the uh, i told told you right i went to the entrepreneurial seminar yeah to interact with professors not for entrepreneurship but i have seen like all of those things that i've done for students actually have been learning <laughs> for me and it has yeah. been wonderful it is so amazing to like uh, introspect it it from that way and it's it's been amazing i, I love right now i love being an entrepreneur like uh, it's not just with edtech but when i see different uh, solutions in the market of right, uh, different right. things it fascinates me so much like i love that how uh, people have solved different problems what approaches did they take like i am on the on these uh, e-commerce websites not for shopping but just to see you know what are the different uh, solutions that people bring about it's it's just like my hobby now i wow uh, <laughs> yeah because that's another way of looking at e-commerce websites yeah really. absolutely because i i have a baby now he's a 3 month old baby boy so uh, i keep looking at, as a parent now about different things so uh, those things that we didn't have solutions for for our parents when we were kids there is everything available now i i write the problem i find a solution and it is amazing to see what different solutions people bring about i am not a shopping person at all to be honest yet uh, in my spare time i i just keep looking at these websites just to see the product what they did so i i guess i am in that frame of mind now where i see everything as like a product and a journey and everything about it yeah great i mean uh, very wholesome is what yeah. is the word that i'd like to use uh going back to market research kushbu how long did it take for you and what are the challenges did you face any challenges when you did your market research and if you did how did you kind of sort those things because it is established by now how important market research is right yeah, uh, you might as well fail at market research shut shop and go uh, yeah. rather than you know going all the way and then having to realize that absolutely for sure and that's what that was the difference between boarding pass and at caliber uh, that the market research actually did uh the main uh, if you talk about the challenges uh i think it was more of understanding uh, the 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 pricing part of it because it's it's a very tricky part when you're doing user studies in market mm. like when you're doing market research on understanding the pricing uh i came across this uh, this model where uh, and it's very later on that i realized one of the challenge was understanding uh the pricing part how much would people pay for it so right. uh that was the thing because you keep talking to these people but when the time comes for like paying i wanted to see how the pricing thing works for them like they liked it but how much are they willing to pay for it 
So doing market research around that was a bit of a challenge to understand that. Uh, the other thing is also people might say they would spend it, but would they actually spend it or not? Is it are two different things? So uh, just asking those sort of questions. Uh, so it was more of uh, we realized we uh, had to create like a good set of questions where we understand their pain point and uh, what they are already aware of and what they are willing to spend money on. What are they? already investing money on so the thing was for us to realize are we asking them to uh, spend the money that they're already investing on on our platform or we are asking them to spend extra money on the on things that are already investing it but this is something extra so right. just segueing through that part uh, uh, was again a learning curve during our market research and uh, I think for market research challenge, I wouldn't say there were any challenges. Uh, the reason is because I had the Unity developer who could create that prototype, a working simulation. So it was not something I was explaining to the students and they were actually seeing that. So I think that was a, uh, I was really grateful to have mm. that part. Okay. And like I said, we won $10,000 in a pitch competition. So we were able to create a prototype, which is out on uh, on Android and iOS as well, people can download the prototype for free. We created uh, tasks uh, for, uh, so there were like three 2D tasks and one 3D task, uh, just to get different perspectives of it is. So we created that for four concepts to see uh, how, do people like it or not. So I think uh, uh, money could be a challenge if you have to create a prototype which requires yeah. certain skills. So uh, I I was grateful that we had I had the expertise and the uh, amount uh, the money as well to create that prototype and going forward in market research. While you know you mentioned while talking about market research, one of the important things that you spoke about is asking the right questions, and then you know. Uh, so I realized that. Asking the right questions is also one of the important aspects of doing market research. So did you have to, uh, you know, how much time did you have to spend in uh, questions? Was that a difficult thing or because, I mean, it comes across easy. I'm just trying to make sure, you know, what did it really take? Uh, you know, what changes did you have to make? What preparations you had to do? Why do you think that, uh, why so much stressing on the questions is basically what I'm trying to understand. Yeah, that, that's a good question, actually. So initially, I, I did stress on, you know, what sort of questions I would add. But then I felt like, you know, it's it, I, I have to learn uh, while, while, while talking to customers, like it's on the job, you learn it. So initial set of questions, uh, I did research on them and them and created them. But I didn't uh, what I, I'm grateful I didn't do that because I usually do. I don't I didn't focus too much on perfecting those questions. I just went out there. And as right. I was talking to uh, customers, I got different ideas of what I should ask them. So I kept a note of it. So the next time I spoke with a with a potential user, I made sure I added those questions in it in as well. So can you can you give me an example? To think of a specific example. Um, any 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 you know any random say, stuff. Uh, so let's say we started with science, right? Right. Uh, so when we were talking about uh, subject learning, math was not in the radar. So only when the uh, parents said, uh, do you have something like this for math? That's when our chain of thought started for asking questions about subjects, which are the subjects that they think are. Right, right, right. Then right, we added right. the other math part about it, like what you don't like, what you like about it. 
So this is just one small example of. No, no, got it. Yeah. We we kept adding questions, and I think I I would I say the same to all the founders who are starting that don't stress too much. Like uh, I attended these, I attend, I make sure I keep attending different webinars and everything so that uh, you know I'm I don't get full of myself that I know everything. I keep listening to others. And see what uh, you know. So I make sure I attend every week one webinar or something like that. Right. So one of the webinars I attended, they said, like, usually startup founders are so much focused in making even the prototype perfect that they don't go out. They take a lot of time to go out. Right. And rather right. they could have spent less time there, gone out, uh, understand what the user wants, and then made those changes accordingly instead of just understand thinking. Oh, this is how you do it. So I felt like one of the things they mentioned was uh, uh, when they wanted to speak to a principal about their product, they just created an Excel sheet, just a flow, and they showed it to the principal, and they understood it. They also got uh, a letter of intent for their product, so they didn't have a product. It was just like a flow for them. So I right. feel like uh, just just do the bare minimum that you can. to get inside because you feel in your mind like oh this requires perfection this or that but your customers don't feel that way right right, right. so instead you could have spent that time talking to them rather than focusing on making it perfect so i feel like uh, initially i was i was at that stage to make it perfect but then i was like let's just go out let's just go out with it was the worst thing they would say like okay we don't like it we don't want to buy it i think right. the perfection part comes from that uh, fear that what if customers don't like it it's just because of that that you focus you get to to the perfectionist stage but i think you have to be like okay with the idea that people don't like it and it's okay you like it but maybe it's too early like you said it's it's still early for that product it's not the right time or maybe that product is not feasible period so um it's good to take those setbacks initially rather than spending so much time money resources yeah, yeah. everything on that so even same goes with the set of questions don't you will never have a perfect set of questions i'm telling you right now to us the users you will always feel like something is missing you are missing out on something but you will only know what is missing once you start talking to the customers got and it. then you, you can always improve uh, your questions got it kushbu one other thing that i want to conclude this podcast with uh, especially after you've said clearly that you won a pitch competition <laughs> so what uh, did you expect to win what did you get right about, about your pitch what are the do's and don'ts correct so uh like i said uh giving webinars and seminars that really helped my pitch because i knew what to address the students i i knew what was important to say and what is not important to say uh right. and understanding that in that time crunch what do i want to convey in that time so right. of course it takes a lot of i i did a lot of rehearsals pitch pitching and everything but i feel like uh, something that comes uh, naturally to you always helps so uh, i was also part of this toastmasters uh, mm. uh, uh organization and i think that really helped me because you could just go there and talk uh initially it was difficult for me to see myself speaking it was weird like when i looked at my video speaking it was like a bit weird so i had to first get comfortable with speaking my mind right. and be okay with sharing what's on my mind uh, without thinking what other people will think and i think i got that during the seminars 
and webinars consistently giving them every month and talking to so many students it that automatically gives you the confidence while you are pitching so i think that yeah. was there like to speak your mind with confidence was the one thing that helped me for my pitch competition i knew that my uh, my value proposition is unique so i i made sure that i i have the right colors and the right images and the right uh, uh, videos to show that but again not uh, overwhelming them with too much so i right. feel pitch should have only the right keywords and something that you want them to see not too much they don't want to know too much if they want to know they will ask you questions in the q and a round but uh, there is a flow that you tell them like first of all whenever you think about pitching or telling saying something to them right or if someone is talking to you let's say you are the listener why would you want to listen to this person that's the first thing if you are selling right. a product it should touch my pain point like my nerve of something right for example i for, for my baby i was looking for uh, the right pillow so that he doesn't get the reflux you know babies have reflux too i didn't yes, know that yes, yes. <laughs> all the time i saw that when yes. i had my niece yes exactly so if some if you are selling me a pillow and if you tell me does your baby have reflux all the time are you mm. tired of seeing your baby or uh, uh, does it fear you like your baby has reflux all the time right so now i'm hooked to that right, right. i will listen to you now so for every pitch that first hook is very important uh, right then you can segue and introduce other things but uh, it's a hook that uh, help me like my question to the audience was uh, imagine the time when you were in school did you feel like why am i studying these theoretical math equations where will i use in real world and majority of the times the answer is yes yes yeah yeah so they are now hooked they want to listen like okay what am i doing to do that this because they've already gone through that so i think that helped me and uh, even in the q and a round uh, they asked me a question like uh, there are so many edtech industries out there using gaming and using these technology vr and so many like what makes you different and i think uh, that was my answer like yes there are industries that are leveraging these technologies to educate right but to educate that that part is still missing they are incentivizing with okay we have here uh, augmented reality tool right to right, learn right, right, something right. they are leveraging but there is still the learning part just uh, using augmented reality is not equivalent to learning right so uh, that's what i, I answered them like people uh, at tech industries are there are many industries they are leveraging these technologies to to explain the concept whereas etcalibur is leveraging the same technologies to help them understand real world part of the learning so that's that's where it makes a difference so i think just being uh, conscious of what your competitors are doing and what different you are doing in, in the industry especially in the edtech industry because there are so many industries coming up and it's about time like there needs to be a change in the education part and i'm glad that there are so many industries coming up and i'm a part of that those companies as well so i think understanding about the competitors knowing what you are doing versus what they are doing also helps you a lot with your pitch just one thing i'd like to you know 
ask you because you you know i think it's very important when you were saying you did successfully differentiate yourself by saying that you know uh, it's a very subtle difference others are using leveraging ar vr ai whatever it is to teach the concepts you are saying that you differ by uh, bringing the real world part of the learning could you give me an example correct could you give me an example absolutely so uh, let's say uh, if you go to an edtech platform they right. are teaching you uh, algebra okay linear okay. equations for example so there they would uh, teach you le- there there might be a person explaining the linear algebra concept and then they are uh, using some augmented reality or virtual reality to show some animated video to understand got it concept. got it got it got it got it right versus right. what we do is we are still giving you a simul- simulation a gaming platform but our approach is uh, how can you use linear equations to help a space scientist with fuel calculations got it so now you are not learning a concept you are applying the concept and while applying yeah. you are still learning step by step right, right. so i think that is how uh, uh, we, we are dif- we are dif- uh, we differentiate ourselves is the is the teaching part is something that teachers do in school as well and they are really Correct. good at it it's every teacher is excellent at explaining concept but the thing is that even if people explain concept in an amazing way that doesn't mean the student will be interested to learn about the concept right right because there are mit courses professors at mit giving lectures they are available for free why isn't right, everybody right. watching it right it's because they are not it's a f- interest why would i do it so by in at caliber that's what we focus on why would you use algebra okay to help a space scientist scientist with fuel calculations and by doing right. that you're also learning what a space scientist does to that go but just to uh, echo again to what i was saying earlier that that is what the differentiating point yeah. is uh, about why got it like it's again the hook like i said about the pitch you need to right. hook the students first and then uh, tell them why i mean how and why and everything about it. no i get it you know uh, it just took a while for me, for for me to just kind of click because uh, it tech platforms would somebody would draw a circle on the board and uh, somebody else would use ar vr or ai whatever it is to draw that circle in a animated way in a colorful way in a 3d way whatever it is but it's yeah. still the same it does not uh, it is only enhancing the presentation part of a teacher drawing that circle on a board Correct. but as you say if you can go a step ahead and show people where exactly a certain concept is used of course nothing like it and yeah. in fact it will kind of give clarity to children or students who are learning whether that's the that's what they want to do or not absolutely um so they can directly who, let's say you show that concept to them the students would just think it as a something to learn because they have to get marks yeah yeah but if yeah. there is a student who doesn't like math but uh, uh, because of this approach and if you if they're interested in fashion or something like in finance or anything right. and and you and you give them a question regarding fashion industry like there's a fashion event coming up how can you use algebra to help this yeah. fashion designer make it a success right yeah. any person who is not interested in math as well might be interested in the why in the right. problem statement and that's right. where that's where the, it gives them the hook to continue right. to got it kushbu kushbu uh, it's been a pleasure this was literally like a mini you know a deep dive into 
early stages of a startup, you know, uh, mm-hmm. not many people talk about, and especially yours was unique because you had two actual startups to compare, like Boarding Pass for Success and uh, Ed Caliber. You know, the yeah. mistakes that you did there and the corrections you did in Ed Caliber and the entire walkthrough of market research and, you know, all that. These are just invaluable. You know, that's all I can say. Um, and uh, I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, and the icing on the cake is EdTech, right? You're talking about a particular education entrepreneurship. So uh, even for small course creators, there's so much that they can take away from market research part because uh, so many people say sell first, build later. And some people say, you know, first go interact with your audience. And um, the way you uh, spoke about prototype, and uh, how you know just do one small part of your course and then you know that's that's where i was making the link to because a lot of our audience we are expecting them to be course creators you know small time uh, who are teaching their niche expertise and uh, stuff like that uh, so you know uh, wait i somebody were teaching how to put babies to sleep <laughs> so it goes down to as such things like that, right? So there are infinite things that people are teaching about today uh, in their everyday, day-to-day life uh, stuff. So I think uh, I found this very valuable. Thank you so much for indulging me, uh, you know, uh, kind of going deeper and deeper as I was uh, questioning you. It was like, it was a pleasure. And I'd love to, you know, uh, I thought I, did, I, 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 I spoke a lot about uh, your processes, the way you kind of build your thought process. I feel I've not explored or, uh, you know, uh, dove deep into Ed Caliber itself. Uh, but given that you are in your early stages, I'll probably, you know, get back to you six months down the line and see, you know, where you are. I'm sure you're going to be somewhere and that would be an interesting conversation as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I thank you for inviting me to this platform. I'm glad that I was able to contribute uh, through my experiences and uh, maybe stop someone else from making the same mistakes I did. Exactly. Uh, even if That's... one person... And I mean, sees it. The purpose is achieved. achieved, Absolutely. So, no, I'm I'm glad. And uh, thank you for bringing up such an initiative. I'm just looking forward to hearing uh, your other podcasts as well. Uh, So, uh, thank you for uh, creating this uh, and accumulating this insights and experiences of ethic professionals, especially. Thank you. I'm glad. Thank you. Thank you, Kushbu. This podcast is brought to you by Edison OS, a no-code edtech platform to operate an online education business. Knowledge entrepreneurs can use Edison OS to sell online courses from their own websites, manage online masterclasses, launch mobile learning apps, sell online practice tests for competitive exams, run online learning communities, digitizing their offline tutoring business, use it as a learning management system, and a lot more cases in the domain of knowledge commerce.